our sermon today, before I, sorry, before I go to our sermon today, I would like again to apologize for uh, the slight inconvenience that you have to take coming here because your um, <clears throat> temperatures would have to be checked. And of course, we'd like to remind again, <clears throat> sorry, the congregation that if you are unwell, you're sick, um, we strongly advise for you to stay home. Join us in our FB Live instead. Uh, uh, and then, of course, our, our reminder to you is to stay at home and rest for your health. And the health of the congregation is important to all of us. So uh, we just want to reiterate that all the time. Na kung kayo po ay nakakaramdam ng ubo, sipon, uh, wag na po kayong um, mag-church muna. Sa bahay po kayo, you can join us FB Live there. Uh, at, of course, we want to greet those people who are on FB Live today. Kayo po ay welcome dito po sa ating uh, online streaming service. But we're thankful for the Lord that all of you braved the storm today and came to church. Maraming pong salamat. Um, our sermon today will be... Uh, found on the second chapter of the book of Mark, verses 13 to 17, and I've entitled this, The Unlikely Convert. So at this juncture, please uh, turn to your Bibles and um, let's read Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, and may I ask the congregation to please stand as reverence to the Word of God, and we will be reading these verses. And let us all read together. He went out beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at a table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. May the Lord be worshipped and praised by the reading of his word. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord, our sovereign God, we thank you for bringing us here today to study, examine your word. Open our hearts, illumine our souls so that we could see the beauty of your word today. Be with your people today as we search your word, as we see the truth that you are presenting us. Lord, thank you so much for today, and I pray that you will touch every one of us here who come today. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. I say unlikely convert later on because we will discover the life of Matthew and his social milieu, his background, and perhaps when you take a look at his life, you will discover that most probably he is a candidate to be an unlikely convert. What's with Matthew that I dare say that he is an unlikely convert? 
Now, the story here that we have just read in Mark 2 is a story of three, at least three main characters. The first character would be described in the Pharisees we see in the middle of the story. And the first person in this story is actually Matthew. And the third person in this story would none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. But I say this, this story of Matthew is a story of a scandal. It's a very scandalous story because a story where a righteous man, a rabbi, would associate himself to sinners, to unrighteous people. Jesus, by associating himself to this kind of people, he is at the pain of being considered to be ceremonially unclean. And of course, he will be derided by his own people, the Jews. But this story, I would say, is a story of exclusion to inclusion. To be excluded and later on to be included. I also say that this is a story about being hated and now being loved. From being empty to being filled. And at the end, I would say that this story is a story of surrender, a story of forgiveness, and a story of God's love and initiation. And I will explain that further a while ago, in a little while. But let us take a look at this person, the first character in this story named Matthew. Who is Matthew? Now, before we go, we have two parallel stories that we can find in the scriptures. The first is Matthew 9, where the story refers to a man named Matthew. And in Mark chapter 2, we have read, he is called Levi. Now, just to iron that out, Bible scholars present two reasons why there are two distinct names referring to the same story. First is that they say that Matthew is a Greek name, while Levi is a Jewish name. And of course, that's Matthew's original name. That's the first uh, explanation given to us. The second one is that it's not unusual for people who had a post-encounter with the divine or post-encounter or conversion story would it's not unusual for them to change their names. And we've seen that in many narratives in the scripture, from Saul to Paul. In the Old Testament, we find Abram to Abraham. But no matter which reason you'll take, it's sufficing for me to say that these two stories, parallel stories in the Gospels, one in Matthew 9 and the other in Mark 2, refer these two stories refer to the same individual. And for this story, we will call him Matthew. Now, who is Matthew? Matthew is a publican. And when we say publican, he is a Jewish tax collector. Let me just explain to you a bit the condition of these publicans. For these people, they are double whammy. They are double whammed by the society. As you all know, these people are considered to be one of the most uh, hated sinners in the Jewish society. And the reason why is, number one, these people, the tax collectors, are agents of the Roman Empire. As you know, 
Israel is part or annexed to the Roman Empire. And of course, being part of the empire, they are oppressed and they're subjugated by their masters, the Romans. And not just that, being agents of the Roman Empire, they collect taxes for and on behalf of the empire. And of course, the Jewish community hated that because they don't see the need of them to pay tribute to Caesar. Because obviously, there are two tributes being exacted from the people. The first tribute is in the form of taxes imposed and levied by the Roman Empire. And the second one is a tribute paid to the synagogues or to the temple called tithes and offering. And of course, in the eyes of the Pharisees, the Roman Curia and the Roman Empire would be a competition to them. And of course, the people who are being asked to pay taxes would of course hate the tax collectors. Imagine paying twice in your life. Now we understand that because taxes are used as a lifeblood of the government. The reason why you have roads, the reason why you are uh, subsidized in the hospital, so on and so forth, because we pay taxes. The people then don't understand that because the governments then are not as people-centered as much as governments nowadays. Although, of course, I would say that the Roman legal system is the uh, precursor to our republican system nowadays. But let me just say that the people then hated it. Hindi naman nila nakikita yung fruit ng kanilang taxes because they're under the empire. And we could relate so much as Filipinos as we pay our taxes. We're thanking God that we're somehow uh, um, away, we, were, we were taken away from it for, for this moment, that we're not paying taxes to our government. But it's different. It's a different case paying taxes then and paying taxes now. They are hated also because they are known to be extorters, greedy, and corrupt. We have also known one story in the scripture, the chief tax collector, a wee little man named Zacchaeus. This Zacchaeus is not just an ordinary tax collector. He is the chief tax collector. Parang si Henares nung araw. No? So chief tax collector. And small but terrible. Small man but immensely corrupt man. And these are the company. This, he is the boss perhaps of Matthew. And Matthew here is part also of those people who are social outcasts because he is hated by his own people. And the Pharisees, the Levites, the priests of the temple hated, hated these um, tax collectors so much that one time they wanted to catch Jesus. And you know the story where Jesus was asked, Jesus was asked this question, shall we pay taxes to the government, to Caesar? That's the gist of the story. You know, that is a double jeopardy question. Why? Because if Jesus will answer, we should not pay taxes to Caesar. The Pharisees will complain to the Roman authorities and tell the Roman authorities, here is the man who is inciting civil disobedience. Because he said that we should not pay taxes to the emperor. On the other hand, if Jesus will answer, we should only pay tribute to the temple. 
Or rather, I would say, if he will say, on the other hand, we should uh, not pay taxes to Caesar and only pay taxes to the temple, as he would be uh, derided by the Roman authorities, on the other hand, pagbaliktad, ganun din ang kamangyayari sa kanya. Sapagat pag siya'y nagbayad naman sa, doon ka lang sa templo, ay sa, nagbayad ka sa taxes, sorry, at sasabihin sa'yo ng mga pariseyo, trader ka. Sa pagkakiniinisan nga nila yung mga uh, Roman authorities. So either way, either way he goes, he would be derided. He would be labeled as either a traitor or a collaborator. A traitor to the Jewish people if they will pay taxes or a collaborator to the Roman Empire. And Jesus answered it beautifully. He said, give to Caesar what is due to Caesar and give to God what is due to God. And of course, the Pharisees hated it. So, Levi or Matthew is actually in a very difficult position. He is a social outcast. He is outside the social circles of the Jewish community because he is a tax collector. On the other hand, he's not really into the life of the Roman Empire sapagkat isa lang siyang collector. He's just an agent. He's a Jew. He is not probably a Roman citizen like Paul. He is a Jewish tax collector. Either way he goes, he couldn't go either way. So that is the dilemma of Matthew. And why do you think he should leave his lucrative profession and lucrative livelihood? Magandang maging tax collector. Because if you're a tax collector, it would show as you collect taxes, as you assess tax uh, to other people, you can extort money. And from that, you can gain wealth. So I would surmise that Matthew is a wealthy man. But why would he leave all these things? Why would Matthew leave everything when Jesus came to him and told him to follow Jesus, to follow him? So I would say that this point us that here, Matthew and his conversion is the result of his Regeneration. I will talk regeneration in a little while. But let me just say that Matthew is not only a sinner. He is in the company of sinners. And then why I say his conversion is a result of his regeneration is this. When Jesus came to him and, and told him, come, follow me, or follow me. What did Matthew see in Jesus' eyes when he approached him? What made him leave the tax booth that gave him so much money and wealth? And by leaving that tax booth, he knew his life would be changed forever. What made him leave the tax booth? I would say regeneration. And I'll explain that in a little while. And the reason why we say that it's regeneration that changed him. Unless you would argue to me 
that the reason why Matthew followed Jesus is because he was just hypnotized by Jesus or mesmerized and said, follow me. I don't think you would argue that to me now. Because if it was just hypnotism that led him to Jesus, he would have returned to be a tax collector. But you know the story, Matthew never returned. What did Matthew see that others didn't see? What Matthew saw in Jesus that these people, the second group of people called the scribes and the Pharisees, did not see in the eyes of Jesus? Who are these people? These Pharisees are religious zealots, of course, hypocritical leaders, and they're obsessed with rituals and ceremonies. For the Pharisees and the scribe, the way to go to God is through the strict observance of the Mosaic law. But you know, there's something so different and so bizarre with this Pharisees and scribes. Alam niyo kung ano yun? Anong bizarre sa kanila? Pag inaral ninyo ang istorya ni Jesus, every time, kung saan nagpagaling si Jesus, to places where Jesus uh, went and He would perform miracles, they would be there. Did you realize that? And not just they're there, they will suddenly burst into the scene and say and ask something and be there to say, by the way, Jesus, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Have you realized that? In almost all accounts of Jesus, especially in his public ministry, where, for example, he would perform miracles, the Pharisees and the scribes are there almost all the time, if not all the time. So if there's something that Matthew saw in Jesus, why are these Pharisees and scribes don't see it? I would assume, and not just assume, I am so sure that these Pharisees being learned in the scriptures would know who Jesus is. And if they carefully studied the law and the prophets and see how Jesus performed these miracles and where Jesus uh, came from, they would have known and they would have probably concluded by this time that this man is the Messiah. I would surmise, I would assume that they would have discovered it by now. But the problem is, why they're not discovering it? Anong nakita ni Mateo na hindi nakita ng eskriba at mga paresayo? Pareho lang naman silang iisa ang sinisilip at pinagchichismisan. Iisa lang naman ang kanilang sinusunod-sunod every time they go. Si Jesus. Of course, we would realize that Matthew, perhaps being in the Capernaum, would have known Jesus earlier. So pareho lang sila ng sinusundan-sundan. And this is true because Zacchaeus was also following Jesus. So, two people are following Jesus, the sinners and the self-righteous people. But both of them see Jesus differently. What made them so? What is the difference in their eyes? Anong pagkakaiba sa kanilang mga mata na hindi nila makita ang iisang katotohanan? That is the problem here. Now, we would go to this truth and 
the reason why there's a condemnation by these Pharisees because the people who follow Jesus, self-righteous and unholy, and these people now, ito mga chismosong sa their condemnation actually reflects our human heart. Hindi ba at one time we're also self-righteous? Hindi ko naman ginagawa yung kasalanan, I don't deserve to go to hell because I am not that sinful. Hindi naman ako pumatay ng tao. I did not kill anyone. Hindi, I did not kill anybody. Ha? Sinora honor lang yon. <laughs> Hindi naman ako pumatay. I did not commit murder. I did not steal. I did not commit any uh, crime. I did not commit any fraud. I am not that sinful. I am going to church. I go to church every Sunday. I even listen to Pastor Jerry, Pastor Well, and Brother Ray's sermon diligently every Sunday. But that's self-righteousness. But you see, the condemnation that these Pharisees said when they saw Jesus with the sinners is just a reflection of our human hearts. That we are all sinners. At some point, either we are so sinful or we're sinful via our self-righteousness. Yan ang mga parisayo. Kaya kayo kung kayo ay mga chismoso-chismosa, ito ang mga ninuno ninyo. Mga eskribat mga pare sa'yo. Sunod ang sunod kay Jesus, pero nakichismis lang sila. Makita ninyo? Let's go to the third character of the story. So first, the conversion of Matthew is caused by his regeneration. And the condemnation by the Pharisees is actually a reflection of our human heart. And as we see Jesus, we will also glean one truth. Now, who is Jesus? Sino ba si Jesus? Huwag niyo munang sabihin kung kilala niyo siya o hindi. In their eyes, sino si Jesus? In the eyes of the Pharisees, or perhaps in the eyes of Matthew, who is Jesus? Si Jesus, for them, is an itinerant rabbi as he goes from place to place, and a preacher who associates himself with sinners. Now, when we again look in Mark 2, verse 15, what did we read there? What did we find in that verse? When Jesus came and associated himself with the tax collectors and other sinners, the friends of Matthew. Eh, sino ba yung friends of Matthew? Wala namang siyang friend na Pharisee, hindi ba? His friends would probably be tax collectors like him. Probably high-end and high-profile prostitutes and other corrupt civil servants. Because he was called to get his friends. And he was in the company of his friends this time. But when we see verse 15... There's something scandalous happening inside the party. So it's a sinner's party hosted by Jesus and Matthew. It scandalized the Pharisees. Again, mga chismoso sila, hindi naman sila invited sa party, tama? Pero makita natin, and the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating, meaning he did, they did not just see him passing, they went probably picked into the house and said, they were eating. Kumakain sila, oh. And they saw something here. Starts with the letter R. They are 
The sinners were? Ano pa? Bakit ba? Wala sa akin ang kasagutan. Nasa Biblia. Ano ang sabi? What is the posture? They were? Pakisabi nyo. Ay, tinuruan ko kayo eh. Uh, reclining. Jesus associated himself with the sinners and became chummy-chummy to them, with them. Imagine. That scandalized the self-righteous Pharisees. Ay, ito si Jesus, matindi ito. Hindi pa nakakontentong tinawag si Matthew, ang tax collectors, naki-lunch, naki-dinner pa, at hindi ba, niyapos-yapos niya pa siguro yung mga tao. But come to take a uh, just, just pause and take a look at that scenario. Would you imagine a sinner, a prostitute, high-end prostitute, a corrupt civil servant, and Jesus would say, Hi, how are you? And embrace them. Ano kayang pakiramdam ng isang makasalanan? Niyayakap ka ng isang great rabbi. Wow! And so people would have probably reclining to Jesus. This is the first time they experience acceptance. This is the first time they experience love. And so they were reclining to him. They would say, Jesus, teach us. We're hungry of your righteousness. We're hungry of you, of your truth and your word. Come teach us. The Pharisees never touched us. The Pharisees made a social outcast. But you, here you are, coming to us, sinners, partying with us, reclining with us. This Jesus is very scandalous. This Jesus did not preach the strict observance of the Mosaic law. He preached forgiveness and the kingdom of God. When he was asked one time, my dear brothers and sisters, he was again trying to be hurled by the Pharisees to another dilemma. Ang sabi sa kanya, there's so many commandments of the Lord, ten commandments and all the laws of Moses and prophets. Which of these would be the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? Of course, the Pharisees are expecting this answer, the entire law. Tama? Jesus answered this with a very succinct answer. Sapol na sapol ang sagot ni Jesus. Sige, anong sabi na Panginoon? What are the two great commandments? And ano ang unang word? Love. For the first time, there is this itinerant rabbi preacher who is preaching. It is not through the observance of the law. It is through Love. And this is what these sinners felt at that party. That is so scandalous. You know, my dear brothers and sisters, that leads us on how compassionate Jesus is. It proves His divine love. The compassion of Jesus led Matthew and led all of these sinners to come to his party. The sinner's party now turned to be the party of the righteous people because of Jesus. You know, the love of Jesus is overly scandalous, immensely gracious, exceedingly forgiving, and to deeply compassionate for the moral standards of the self-righteous Pharisees. Scandalous sa kanila to. Anong klaseng pag-ibig ito? Anong klaseng Jesus yan? Bakit siya masyadong mapagpatawad? 
Bakit siya nakikipag-associate sa mga makasalanan? Hindi yun tama. That is not what the law of Moses is saying. All things that you have touched that are unclean, you will also be unclean. But the Jesus is different. Who came to the tax booth of Matthew? Sino ang lumapit? Sino ang lumapit sa mga tax booth ninyo nung kayo ay nagliliwaliw sa sanlibutan? Sino ang lumapit sa inyo? Si Jesus. Jesus came to the very scene of the crime. The very scene where Matthew is extorting money. He came there and said, follow me. Yon ang nakita ni Matthew. He was regenerated. And I will just look at the word regeneration to that. J.I. Packer said that regeneration is a spiritual change caused by the spirit in the inherently sinful heart of a human being so that the person could respond in faith and repentance. Sabi ni J.I. Packer. It simply means like this. It's God who opened your heart and your mind so that you could see the beauty of the gospel and appropriately respond to that beauty. Halimbawa, kayo alam ninyo ang beauty, tama? Alam nyo kung saan masarap at masayang tumira. Tama mali? I will prove to you that you will respond to beauty. I will offer you two offers. I will ask you to live under the Quiapo Bridge or a house in Ayala, Alabang or Sentosa Cove na lang if you don't want. Genuine offer. Genuine offer. Assuming, ah, I'm not really making a good offer. Assuming I give you an offer to live under the Quiapo Bridge, a decrepit bridge in Manila, as you would know, or I would offer you a house in Sentosa Cove. Which of these two homes will you choose for me? Or you'll choose for yourself? Of course, none other, without batting an eyelash, it's Sentosa Cove. Why? Because you see the beauty living in that area. Why would you go under the bridge, under the Quiapo Bridge? In the first place, that's, a not, that's not a place to live. That's a bridge. But so many people live there. Why? Because you see the beauty. Same with the presentation of the gospel. Same with regeneration. God changed your heart first. And so that when the gospel was presented to you, you are ready to give your faith and repent to Jesus Christ. Kasi binuksan na ng Diyos ang puso ninyo. It was God who initiated that salvation. It was not you. It was God. And it will always be God. Kaya po ang challenge ko ito, mag-share lang kayo ng gospel. Hindi naman kayo ang nagbabago ng tao eh. Malibang gusto nyong aminin kayo si Jesus, kayo ang Diyos. <laughs> share the gospel. Share it. Fear Fearlessly share it. Why? I will not be the one to remind you. I will not be the one to change you. It's God. So share it. Anong kinakatakot ninyo? Hindi kinakailangan ng mabubuting salita. Hindi kailangan ng mga eloquent words. Mga malalalin na salita. Regeneration. Da, 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 da. Share them the love of Jesus. Be like Jesus. Reclining, accepting, embracing sinners. And then they will find love and acceptance. Be like Jesus. Hindi nyo kailangang maging Billy Graham para makapag-share ng gospel. 
Kasi hindi naman kayo ang magbabago ng puso nila. Diyos. Kaya ang sabi sa atin, laging mag-share. Because you will just be used as an instrument. I say that, why regeneration comes first? Because these are the scriptures. It's so clear. O wag nyo sabihin, iakusahan nyo ako, I'm leaning towards a, a certain theological tradition. But let me just point out this to you. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Lumapit kayo kay Jesus, ang nakita ni Mateo, nung nilapitan siya ni Jesus, nakita niya, pinuksan muna ng Diyos ang puso niya. Nung nakita niya sa si Jesus, nakita niya ang pagpapatawad, ang pag-ibig ni Jesus. Hindi ni-regenerate ng Diyos ang puso ng mga para sa iyo. Kaya hindi nila yung nakita. Although, that's why I'm saying a while ago, although, I would have assumed that they know the scriptures. And if they have studied the scriptures, if they have followed Jesus, they would have known and would have concluded that time that Jesus is the Messiah. Why they did not see that? Because their hearts were not regenerated. Who draws you to the Father? Was it you? It's God. You cannot go to heaven and tell God, Lord, nandito po ako sa langit sapagkat tinanggap kita sa aking puso bilang Panginoon at tagapaglitas. True, but who initiated it? Who opened your mind for you to put your faith in me? Who opened your mind that you have to place your faith and repent of your sins? Who opened your mind to the beauty of Christ? Who opened your mind? Ikaw? O hindi na pala natin kailangan ng Espiritu Santo? Kasi ikaw na eh. But that is not true. The Bible is so clear. It is the Father. And we will see also in John 6.65. He says, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. You know what's the implication of this? If you will embrace this truth, you will be fearless in sharing the gospel. You will be fearless inviting them. Kasi, Imbitahan mo lang ng imbita, bibigay yan sa oras at panahon ng Diyos. May mga kamag-anak ba kayo, kapatid, kasama, na hindi pa nakakakilala kay Jesus? Those people who have not yet turned their faith to Jesus Christ? Don't fret, wag kayong matakot. Just share. In God's time, they will be regenerated. Not you. No matter how you say, come, come, come. You just say, come, invite them, pray for them. Your Labor will not be in vain. Jesus will regenerate their hearts. And that should be great because not, not many of us could speak very clearly. Yung iba sa atin, di makapagsalita ng tama, paano i-share ang gospel. Uh, si, si Jesus ay namatay, si Jesus ay nabuha. Hindi minsan din natin masabi ng tama, hindi ba? That's true, am I not? But the Holy Spirit will quicken no matter as you explain to them. Of course, I'm saying to you that you should know the gospel. But even if you have no eloquence, God will change the heart and use you. Share it! Sabay-sabay nga tayo, share the gospel. Share the gospel. It is God who quickens God. and regenerates the spirit. Oh yeah, that's true. And so I would say in 1 Corinthians 2.14, so the natural person does not accept things of God for they are folly to him. Di ba no sinisharean kayo before ng gospel? These things are not so attractive to you. In fact, what is this foolishness? I need not believe in God. I can be on my own. What is God? Have you seen God here? Totoo. Except from the cross that was being lighted here at the back. But we don't see God. But we believe in Him. 
What made you believe in Him? Ang dami naman natin ditong naloko ng Kristyanismo, kung sakasakali. If Christianity is not true, there are so many of us who are being fooled by it. But that is not true. Why are you here? Because God spoke to your hearts miraculously. You yourself is a miracle. Look at your sins, your former lives. Aren't you, like Matthew, a very unlikely convert? God would not have found you if His basis will be your sins. But along sabi ng Romans? While you were still sinners, Christ died for you. God sought you, regenerated you. And look at this. Why we cannot see the spiritual things? Because these spiritual things should be spiritually discerned. But God opened our eyes to the beauty of God's message. And like Matthew, he realized, I needed a Savior. Gaya ni Mateo na sabi niya, he's told to himself, I needed God. I needed to be accepted. I need righteousness. I'm done with this life, committing greed, extortion, and folly. I'm done with it. I needed Jesus. I hope Jesus would come. Perhaps Matthew was saying that. And then here comes Jesus coming to his tax booth. You know, I find that very poetic. Jesus coming to your tax booth. The very scene of the crime. And tell, iwan mong lahat yan. Leave them all behind and follow me. I'm demanding everything from you. Your life, your all. Follow me. Follow Jesus. And so, I would say in Acts 11, even the repentance, it says God has granted repentance that leads to life. And so also in this verse, Lydia, he heeded Paul's uh, message because God, the Lord, opened his heart. I would leave you with this quote by Piper. He said that repentance and faith are our work. Kasi binigay sa atin sila ng Diyos. Repentance are from God. They're given to us. That is our response to regeneration. But we will not repent and believe unless God does His work to overcome our hard, rebellious hearts. This work is called regeneration. Our work is called conversion. You responded to the call of the gospel. That is conversion because God led you to be there. It's God-initiated salvation. You know, hindi naman issue yung free will. Asabi ko na, matagal. Do you have free will? Yes or no? You do. Who says you don't? You do. But the issue is not free will. The issue is the bondage of the will. I say that, and Martin Luther proposed this. He said, the issue is not free will, because you have free will, I have free will, and I made you as an example of myself. Gusto kong pumayat. I wanted to be thin. I have the free will to go to the gym. Am I right? I have the freedom not to eat longanisa, lechon, and everything, although I love it. I have all the free will not to do it. But do I have the desire to do it? Given a bunch of lechon and longanisa? I won't. My desire 
and my desires are captive to that sin. So my will will just be on bondage with that. And when God regenerates you, what he does is to lift your desire. And therefore, you will no longer desire of sin. And you will hate your former life and say, Lord, you're offering me a great reward. You're offering me holiness. You're offering me your life. You're offering me your love. And I would respond to it with faith and repentance. Nakapag-repent ka, nalagay mo yung panampalay mo kasi binuksan na ng Diyos ang puso mo. What was unveiled is your desire for evil. Yon. And the problem here is this. The reason why we always have a very self-righteous attitude and we don't want to accept that there is regeneration, that it's God who initiated it, is because we wanted to do it on our own like the Pharisees. And I will leave you with this verse and I will end here. This is Acts 13, 38 and 39. Very beautiful. Perhaps sometimes we gloss over it. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through him. Everyone who believes. Now it could be everyone. Why? Because it's God who initiated it, lifted the veil of your desire to sin and opened you to the message of salvation. Everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Now you are free. Totoo ngayong meron ka ng free will. Bakit? You can now obey God. Why? Because it says here, Everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Justification. We will discuss that next time. Justification. You were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Ang sinasabi ng Panginoon dito sa Acts, none of your good works, none of your personal striving to be holy will ever be merited as righteousness to you because you're following it under the law of Moses. What God gives is grace to you that when you put your faith and trust in Him, He will save you. Beautiful. In other translation, it says, and I will read, it says here, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you, and by him, everyone, everyone who believes is freed from Everything, everyone and everything, you would be freed from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. None of your striving. Lalapitan at nilapitan tayo ni Jesus to the very scene of our crimes, to the very tax booth where we perform our greed and where we do the extortion. God went there and said, come, follow me. Let's have a party. Rejoicing that you will now live a life of a crime. That you would have to leave all your sins. Leave all your sins behind. Surrender your life to me. I'm giving you new life. No wonder there are two names in the scripture. Let me call you Matthew. New life, new heart, new beginning. And I hope as we start 
start well and as we desire to finish well, may we be reminded by this great truth of regeneration to bring us always to humility and always bring us to that bravery that we need to share the gospel because it's God who regenerates. May we learn all these lessons and put them in our lives. And may we be reminded who God is and his sovereign work in our sinful lives. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today for opening our minds to this truth of regeneration. We thank you, Lord, for using the story of Matthew for us to realize that you initiated this salvation, that no amount of our striving to please you like the Pharisees are doing or a self-righteous way of finding you. Lord, but you found us. You came to our tax booth when all the Pharisees and all the religious circles would deride and would exclude us. You came, saved us, gave us new life, embraced us and said, I will dine with you. You can recline to me. I will give you new life. I will give you new hope. And Father, may these words ring into our hearts. Follow me. That when we follow you, Lord, there's no turning back. No turning back of our, to our, from our sins. No turning back from our sin and shame, our guilt. But you're calling us to follow you, to be like you, to be more like the Master. Lord, may we follow you, leave all our worries behind, leave our cares behind, and see that you offer a better alternative and the only alternative. Father, be with your people. I don't know what they're going through. Perhaps many are struggling with sins. Many are tired. And like Matthew, they're hungry and thirsty for righteousness, for holiness. Father, come to their tax booth them Lord to say follow me follow me follow me I will give you new life Lord may these words ring into our hearts that you are calling us to righteousness and holiness not of ourselves not because we are good but because you have done it all on the cross and Father for those people whom we are praying for Lord, we can't change them, but you could. You can change them. And we hold on to this promise, Father. I pray for your people today, whatever they're going through, their workplaces, their families, their concerns. May they leave them all behind, Lord, and decide, Lord, to follow you. May we see the beauty of your gospel, Lord for those who have not yet placed their trust in you and see that you offer an eternal life. Thank you, Father, today that you have gathered us. And thank you, Lord, for the assurance that your love is immensely compassionate.
deeply forgiving father thank you lord for all these things we worship you we glorify you in jesus name we pray amen and amen let us all stand let us all stand to receive the doxology made by jude and as our benediction Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen, amen, and amen. May the peace of God be with you, my dear brothers and sisters. Go well with the Lord.